Welcome to Market Week in Review with Russell Investments. I'm Zoe Wargans and I'll be your host today. I'm joined by Shay Shatria, our Director of Investment Strategies. Thank you so much, Shay, for joining us today. Shay, where are you calling from? Uh, from Raleigh, North Carolina. North Carolina, very nice, very nice. How is it down there? Uh, not too bad, can't complain. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today. Let's get started by talking about the most recent speech by Jerome Powell at the Brookings Institute um, and what updates he had to share on rate increases and inflation. Yeah, for sure. So Chairman Powell's speech at the Brookings Institute uh, didn't reveal anything new, but perhaps simply confirming what the markets had been expecting was enough to boost market sentiment on the day of the speech itself as equities rallied uh, on the day of. And I think what was more impressive was a reaction from, from bonds with a sharp drop in yields uh, since that speech. Now, from our perspective, there were three uh, key takeaways. Uh, one was Chair Powell was more forward-looking in his commentary, indicating that policy works with the lag and that high-frequency inflation data is suggesting inflation should continue to trend down. Therefore, the pace of hikes should be moderating, implying that you know the Fed uh, potentially reduces the pace from 75 basis points uh, rate hikes to 50 basis points, perhaps as soon as the December meeting. The second point is that the level at which the Fed funds rate will peak will likely be somewhat higher than their prior uh, projection range of 45 to 4.75%. So a level slightly above 475 is likely. And the third point is that once they actually reach their, their peak or peak level, uh, it likely needs to stay there for some time. Now, from where things stand right now, however, the labor market and wages are still too strong uh, for the Fed to ease uh, anytime soon. And while we'll get a bit more information on the labor market tomorrow with the non-farm payrolls report, as we are recording this on Thursday evening, um, we don't have that uh, bit of information. But the evidence from this week suggests that there is some progress being made both on the inflation and, in, and employment side of things. Now, regarding inflation, the Fed's preferred measure of inflation, the core personal consumption expenditures uh, inflation rate, eased in November to 5 from 5.2%. So that's uh, headed in the right direction. And regarding the labor market, the job openings and labor turnover report, or the JOLTS report, as it's also known, reported that, reported that the job openings to unemployed uh, ratio, and that, that ratio is important because the Fed actually pays pretty close attention to it as a measure of labor force tightness, actually eased in November uh, to 1.7. Now, this ratio of openings to unemployed had been as high as two earlier in the year. So it has come off its peak, but it's still well above the longer term average. So I think the bottom line is that the inflation is still above target and the labor market is still strong, though both are trending in the desired direction. Thank you, Shay, for sharing those insights with us. Now to pivot to the other side of the world real quick, could you perhaps provide us an update on the protests that are happening in China around the zero COVID policy and how that might be affecting the markets? Sure. So the situation in China is very fluid. And the concern is that COVID cases are rising again and, and recording some of the highest case counts since the start of the pandemic. But I think what's different this time versus in the past is that it does seem as though the people may be struggling with how long uh, they can adhere to the very restrictive zero COVID policies. And that's uh, been the cause of some of the protests that have been recorded across several cities in China. So the government is in a difficult situation. On the one hand, they're trying to 
manage the strain on the healthcare system. But at the same time, it's hard on the population and the economy. Still, it seems that policymakers are understanding the situation and have tweaked uh, quarantine and testing requirements to make them less overbearing. And they're also trying to ramp up vaccinations amongst, uh, amongst the elderly. So while that's what's happening at the moment, if we take a step back and look beyond the current COVID surge, a couple of things that we're keeping an eye on um, for the Chinese economy going forward are one, policymakers are emphasizing the need to get the elderly vaccinated, uh, using the current uh, surge to make that a priority. And that indicates to us that perhaps policymakers are targeting um, a reopening of the economy, perhaps as early as Q1 or early part of, of, of Q2 of next year. Um, and the second point is on the property sector. We know that the property sector is an important part of the Chinese economy. It's also been struggling and policymakers have recently uh, announced uh, easing measures for property developers themselves. And while that's encouraging, the problem is that there's really not a lot of demand from households due to lack of confidence. And that's also in part due to the lockdowns uh, themselves. So something to keep an eye on going forward is how policymakers will further support the ailing property sector and potential measures to boost household demand. Now, if both of those, uh, in a sense, coincide with the broader reopening of the, of the economy next year, uh, that would clearly be a positive uh, for the Chinese economy. Shay, thank you so much for joining us and giving us some of your time to discuss these insights on the Fed and China. And thanks to all of you for joining us for another Market Week in Review. We look forward to seeing you here next week.